1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Definitely one of the coolest intros on Catholic radio. <laughs> this is War College, Jess <laughs> Romero, what, Dr. Dan that, Schneider. <laughs> that was just supposed to be a goof, you know? Kind of guys just messing with me and you and and, uh, and Kyle. They just threw it together messing with us, you know? And I, and I said, man, let's, let me put it to sound. I, I had somebody do the voice, and, and I was just going to run it one day for fun. And now, uh, obviously, the, now, you know, now Richard's running it every week, and it seems to have taken that's over. right. It's part you know, of the staple the thing, of the show. Yeah, here's the thing, Jess, and that, and that, um, so just so the the listener is, is is aware, and I say this whenever whenever I give presentations. I was just in Albuquerque, New Mexico, this past weekend. Good people, everywhere I go, I see good Catholics trying to fight the good fight, and they listen to the show and they're trying to they're trying to learn how to just how, how to fight back in a very quickly quickly uh, changing land battle landscape, you know. But I think I tell people, look, don't take yourself seriously. Uh, but take what you do very seriously. So I'll, I'll joke around. I'll, I'll keep it light. Soldiers are always joking around. I mean, if, when you see you know, guys in combat, man, there's, you know, they ease the tension of combat, man. The guys that tell some of the best jokes and, and horsing around is just part of it. Um, take what we do very, very seriously. I take this, to- this topic very seriously. Um, you know, as, I, as I've told the story, uh, this, this is snake, safe snake handling. How do we do this in a safe way and get ourselves and our families to heaven? Uh, but at the same time, we got to do it with a little bit of joy and some humor once in a while. So the, the introduction is, I think it's, it's kind of an interesting introduction anyway. It's pretty funny. Amen. Hey, by the way, uh, in the month of September is the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. If for us as Catholics, just reminding you that it was a devotion given to us by St. Bridget of Sweden. She passed away in 1373. And uh, again, just during this month, remember that, that when you pray the rosary and uh, we unite, our, unite your, your sufferings to Our Lady of Sorrows, <laughs> Uh, and by this way, we're able to receive the beautiful graces and consolations at, from her and gain strength as well. Let, let me give a you lot some promises. Po- if you, sure. let me, before, before we move on, this the chaplet of Our Lady of uh, the Seven Sorrows of Mary. Um, here's are the seven graces that she promises. Those who, who daily meditate on her tears and sorrows. Seven of them. One, I will grant peace to their families. Two, they will be enlightened about divine mysteries. Three, I will console them in their pains and accompany them in their work. Four, I will give them as much as they ask for, so long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine son or the sanctification of their souls. Five, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. You're getting you're you're getting a squadron of B-52s sent down to protect you, okay? Six, I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. And finally, seven, I have obtained from my son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and dolors will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness, since the, all their sins will be forgiven, and my son and I will bear their eternal, be their eternal consolation and joy. So sign me up. Ancient, sign me up. We find we fight an ancient enemy. 
and the ancient the ancient tools, the ancient weapons are the best. So that's what we try to put out on our podcast. Is just to, what are some of the ancient tools, things that we seem to overlook? Too often, Catholics are looking for the quick fix. They're looking for the the quick way out of this, the quick solution. And and it's going back and digging into the ancient weapons. I think is effective. That that's right, Dan. Which brings me to the first topic that I want to mention. There was a <clears throat> there's an article that says that there was these screaming protesters, probably you know who knows secular humanist, Satanist. Uh, malcontents, anarchists, over at Napa, California, they are they were having their annual conference, and it says screaming protesters leave after 800 Catholics pray to Saint Michael and Our Lady, and Our Lady at Catholic conference. So uh, again, these attendees heard all these anti-Catholic protesters screaming during a keynote speech. Uh, the Catholics broke out about 800 of them in prayers to Saint Michael and Our Lady. And after that, the protesters left. And I think they started also praying uh, uh, these the Hail Mary or the Hail Holy Queen in Latin as well, or the Salve Regina in Latin. You can see videos. You can go to the website, grab the link, and you can watch. Uh, there's videos of this recorded. But I'll tell you why this happens, and I'll tell you why this is a very powerful weapon. Uh, first of all, our Lord Jesus Christ says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. So you have a bunch of Catholics in a state of grace, uh, exalting, lifting high the name of Jesus, honoring the Blessed Virgin Mary, and they're all praying together. That's going to have. There's going to be a powerful uh, synergistic effect. Also, I don't think it's a coincidence, Dan, that that it was Saint Michael and Our Lady. Uh, that drove these uh, anarchists and these protesters away because I remember the 1973 movie, The Exorcist, where they depicted, uh, you know, this uh, this young girl that was possessed, but it was really a boy, Robbie Mannheim. And I remember it was the boy who says that he was in a hospital and he, and he finally in the hospital room, he said the word domino. He said at that moment he saw St. Michael the Archangel and Our Lady of Fatima come to his bedside and drive all the demons that were in his body out completely. So once again, we've seen this time and time again. St. Michael defeated the devil in heaven in this war uh, in, in, in times past. And the Blessed Virgin Mary has defeated Satan in Genesis 3.15 at the foot of the cross with her son. So you're talking about the two people in heaven that both have already defeated Satan. Not can they defeat Satan, it's already been done. So right. when a Catholic goes to them, you're going to the A-team. Dan, comments? Yeah, no, remember the adage that we use, angels go where they're asked, demons go where they're not resisted. What, 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 the, what the diabolic that's influencing these protesters, uh, um, what they want you, they want you to fight back uh, by screaming, by yelling, they want to. Angels go where they're asked. So you're not praying. Angels go where they're asked. Demons go where they're not resisted. This is what Father Ken Garassi of the Fathers of Mercy says. Protesters show up. We start cheering and try winding them down. They just wouldn't stop. You can yell at them all you want. You can cheer all you want. So we're thinking, you know what? Prayer is going to be the answer. That's how we beat evil. So I approached the stage. I just got. T I just tried to get the chief of staff to pray, to lead them in prayer. And I said, say the Hail Mary. Then he looks at me. He hands me the microphone. So I take the microphone. I lead 800 people at Napa in the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, St. Michael. And we sang together. And by the end of the Salve Regina, 
the protesters were gone. So the Salve Regina and the, pray, the, the praying prayers, we, we use this in, in when, to shut down a manifestation in, in an exorcism session. Let's say you, the, the exorcist is ready to stop the prayer session. It's gone as long as, he's, as he wanted it to go. We sing Marian hymns in the, in the, in the, in the uh, Salve Regina and other Marian hymns, particularly in Latin. These are very powerful, and, and, this is the, and, and the demon will always back, back off. And so remember what Our Lady says. We have to keep the language of the church here. And Our Lady revealed the rosary to the Blessed Mother. I mean, the Blessed Mother revealed the rosary to St. Dominic. She says, do you know what kind of weapon I'm giving you for this warfare? She says, I'm giving you a weapon for war. She says, it's a battering ram. The angelic Psalter, echoing the words of the angel Gabriel, praying the Hail Mary, is a battering ram, she says. And she says, when she gave the rosary, interestingly, to St. Dominic, she says, this, this is for this weapon, right? This battering ram is for future, the, for future conflict, right? For future heresies and future conflict. And I think we're in that age right now. St. Michael, the chapel of St. Michael, is, it's a, that's a breaching weapon, right? That's, you know, when, when it, it, you guys never blew doors down uh, when you went into a house, I don't think. But military guys that were downrange in Iraq, going door to door in Fallujah and other places, um, you know, Rangers, uh, Cav guys, uh, you know, all these guys that are that are breaching houses. You, you'll put C4. You'll see it in the movies. You know, they put C4 explosive on the door, stand back, clear, boom, blow the door. That's the St. Michael Chaplet. Blow the door, blow the enemy back so you can get a foot into the door and you can breach and breach to secure the, uh, the objective. That's what the St. Michael Chaplet does. It's a very effective weapon. And these guys, this priest is spot on, invoking the Blessed Mother, the one who was prophesied from the beginning in, in Genesis 3.15 to crush the head of the serpent. She, she shouldn't say, and, and you, woman, right, uh, an, your offspring will come from you. Um, and you will negotiate with the with the serpent. No, you will grind down the head of the serpent. And so, if you're if you're not bringing the Blessed Mother into spiritual combat with you, you know, in the military, we would say you're wrong, right? You you need to do that. Saint Michael as well, chief commander of the heavenly host. So so this priest really spot on brought him down, and and thanks be to God. The, the, well, the holy right. people prayed in faith, and it worked. It doesn't surprise me. He's the father of mercy. There's they're a pretty solid order of priests. Uh, also, Dan, was something very interesting. I noticed that these anti-Catholics, they left after the Salve Regina was being prayed in Latin by the Catholics. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we, we, you know, we, we've also seen uh, that Latin has a special effect because it's a sacred language against the diabolical. It just, oh, uh, you know, they, yeah, for they, sure. rec many, many they recognize the power of Latin. Yeah, for, for sure. Why? Because it's the language of the church, right? It's the official language of the Roman Catholic Church. We are Western. We are we are. You know, that, that's the Western Church. That's our language, our official language. So so praying in Latin is very effective, um, so much so that, that on multiple occasions, uh, I've seen the demon mock the priest if he mispronounces words. You know, Latin is not an easy one to pronounce. I can tell when a guy's reading Latin, if he's from the Midwest or if he's from, you know, uh, uh, from Mexico, from, you know, uh, you can hear your, 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 your native accent in there. Yeah. It's hard to really do it precisely, yeah. but it's a precise language and the demon will often mock. But, you know, you and I know, Jess, how many times have you landed a good shot in, in the ring and the guy laughs at you and looks away like that didn't hurt? What does it mean? You hurt. It hurt. It, yeah. You hurt him. And many times that I've shaken it off like, yeah, 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 that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. But on the inside, I'm going, oh, my gosh, that hurt. I hope he doesn't hit me again, you know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, 
War yeah, college. Latin, Latin is the language of the church, man. We got to start keep 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 the language alive. War college. Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. We're going to talk next about uh, uh, Trump's COVID tweets flooded by satanic persons. War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. I can tell you personally, and I'm going to make no bones about it, I voted for Donald Trump. I wrote a book, Why, Why All Catholics Should Vote for Donald Trump. It's called A Catholic Vote for Trump, put out by Tan Books. And uh, it was, and on the political section on Amazon, it was a bestseller for two weeks. Um, I'll tell you one of the reasons I think I've been vindicated. You can tell somebody's character. You can tell something about a person and his character by their enemies. The fact is, I've got an article in front of me that shows that witches and Satanists hated President Trump more than they've ever hated any president in the history of this country. To me, Dan, that's a good sign. If all my enemies are witches and Satanists, that probably bodes pretty well for me. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. I had a guy, uh, you know, he was struggling. He said, hey, uh, my parish, there's a deacon and teaching the, the, the young people. This is right after uh, President Trump was elected. And um, he said, uh, and the deacon starts bashing Donald Trump and and saying what a terrible person he is. And 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 I said, well, he said, what, what do I do? What do I say? I said, well, just tell the tell the deacon that he's aligned himself with all the witches in the world who come together every week. He can curse him in front of these children, and they're coming on the full moon and cursing him in front of the full moon. That he's aligned himself with with all the witches and anarchists of the country and of the world. So, uh, you know, these guys. I mean, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. You know, my own alma mater, University of Notre Dame. Uh, they, they, they bring Obama there to speak there, President Obama to speak there. And, and they said because it was the standing tradition to allow the, the president, uh, it's a courtesy. And that they broke that tradition in, in the next election cycle when President Trump was there. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing how, uh, how he would trigger triggers people beyond normal. This is not just this is not just, hey, let's I don't like this this particular president. I wasn't fond of of. of I'm not fond of this particular president, but I don't trigger. I don't. This doesn't ruin my life, and I don't go protest and smash smash uh, other people's property in because of it. So, I mean, it's just not the way. Not the way. It's not the way decent people are wired, you know. Yeah, Dan. This this article essentially says that when President Trump and his wife, when both of them tested positive for COVID nineteen, there was this tsunami of social media curses from witches and Satanists. All over the country. And this article has very dark pictures. Very oh, yeah, dark yeah. pictures. Uh, a lot of the tweets that are in this article are very dark, very macabre, uh, very evil. But it just goes to show you, uh, on my on my, in my point of view, is, is that you can say whatever you want about him, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, witches and Satanists, they also hate God. Witches and Satanists, they also hate the Catholic faith. So, and I'll tell you why I think the devil has all these witches and, and, and Satanists 
that speak out and do these liturgical curses against Trump. I mean, they do them weekly and monthly when he was in office. I'll tell you why the devil hates Trump, because Trump, he was part of Satan's teams for many years. And and several years ago, he left Satan's team. He, be, he went back to his, his Presbyterian Protestant roots, went back to Christ, and became pro-life. And so, Mar- and don't know, forget, he married married a uh, married a Catholic woman. Married a Catholic woman, Orthodox and so, and, and and the biggest thing, Dan of all, that Satan will never forgive him for, is his picks facilitated the overturning of Roe versus Wade. This is huge, and so this it's not a coincidence that you have Satanists and witches involved in these protests against President Trump, and also something else very interesting. Satanists and witches, they're partisan, Dan. I'm looking at another article here. It says frontpagemag.com. This was written back in 2020, but the article is called Satanists and Witches for Biden. And so you have the leaders of all these covens around the country that are openly saying that they were voting for Joe Biden back in 2020 openly saying this, the temple of Satan and all these witches' covens. Yeah, the article, if you want to read it, is called Satanists and, Witch, and, and Witches for Biden. So, I don't know, Dan, it's, it's pretty interesting to me. Also, BLM, it's run by several Marxist black-trained females, and they're all practicing witches. And so, what I'm looking at here in our country is that these Satanists and these witches are the foot soldiers of the Democrat Party. That's, that's the way I see it, Dan. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, again, it's, when, when, when I think it's not, it's not conjecture. I think it's been fairly verified that um, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, who is now on uh, President Biden's staff, uh, so this is the campaign manager and chief John advisor Pettis. to, John Pettis, the chief, chief advisor to the, the, the vice, the the president, the, the first lady, U.S. senator, presidential candidate, and he's a Satanist. He's in, in he he participates in satanic rituals. So yes, he, I mean it's it's it, what else can you say to that? Um, you know, if 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 Donald Trump or Melanie Trump's first main advisor, campaign manager, and an overarching um, that helps shape her mess his message or her message was David Duke. Imagine the outcry having a white supremacist uh, as your campaign manager. I mean, it would be it would be the, the outrage would be it would be all over uh, here. It's just kind of glossed over. It's like, well, he, you know, it's, it's not even talked about uh, again. It's, talk, I want to talk ahead. about somebody else who's uh, also a high level politician. You send me the article that blew me away. Uh, it was put out by the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights. And they made the connections. The fact is, is that Gavin Newsom also demonstrates demonic behavior. And I say that because on September 15th, he re- he tweeted, 20 women seeking an abortion in, this an- in these anti-freedom states. California will defend your right to make decisions about your health. So he put these billboards all over the country. And then he justified this billboard by putting a Bible verse to justify <laughs> the killing of children. Mark twelve thirty one it says, love your neighbors, you love yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Talk about a, a, 
a misuse of scripture or taking scripture out of context. And also, the article says something very interesting that I didn't know, that when his mom was dying, uh, his mom called him up and said, you know what, I think you should get out of politics. It's, 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 uh, it's not good for you. And uh, Gavin Newsom, and, uh, and well, he obviously, he's obviously continued in politics, but his, his mother decided to end her life via assisted suicide. And uh, Newsom, you know, he basically, uh, he, he assisted her. According to his sister, Hillary, who has a cassette, who said that, that he was consumed with his own well-being, Newsom, not his mother's. And after he crossed his arms and jammed his, his hands into his armpits, he said, I have PTSD and this is bringing it all back. In other words, it's all about himself. Newsom explained his role in his mother's death with a plum. He said, the night before we gave her the drugs, I cooked her dinner, hard-boiled eggs, and she told me, get out of politics. She was worried about the stress on me. So, Dan, instead of staying around and praying a rosary and divine mercy and Our Lady of Sorrow's prayers for your mom as she's sick and dying, this guy is making her dinner knowing that she's going to take these drugs that are going to kill her the next day. There's no talk of, of uh, bringing a priest, anointing of the sick. This man's actions, Dan, seem to be demonic or at least demonically inspired or at least, as you say, he's got a clinger. He's got a clean. He's got a buddy hanging around that he's yeah. got psychological compatibility with. What say you, Dan? Yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. It's a very interesting article. This came from the, uh, um, the Catholic League, uh, an announcement the Catholic League put out. Um, you know, the, the, the satanic mantra is anything but God. Um, and um, but they'll also distort, you know, and, and now, like the article says, killing in the name of God, you know. So somehow this isn't just a misuse of Scripture. This is a mockery to all Christians. This is this is a complete mockery. Um, and, 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 and truly Luciferian, if not satanic in its, in its import, um, to, to advertise, come to my state, murder your child, uh, increase the bloodshed in my state and bring more, bring more darkness upon my state and, uh, you know, to increase our, our, our industry here. Um, you know, and, and then to quote scripture, it's, it's completely macabre, it's completely diabolic. Yeah, I'm glad. And you're right. And, and, and you're going to put your mom down the next day. It's like putting down, putting down, you know, tip, tip, you know, tippy, the tippy, the nice dog, the family dog. You want to give her a favorite meal because, you know, she's suffering. You want to put her down the next day. Again, the, the diabolical logic of that um, is it's it's beyond, you know, again, it's it's beyond the it's beyond the absurd. It's just said, you know, we don't know what we're doing because we don't know what we're undoing. The modern and morbid habit of constantly sacrificing the normal to the abnormal. This is exactly what you're seeing. And, and, and you know, to all the Catholic, the, all the priests, the faithful priests and, and, and faithful Catholics in California, just keep fighting back, keep praying, keep, you know, just keep pushing back. Don't give up. Dan, and you know what? It's The devil uses all these good-looking people to advance his agenda. Remember, he used the young Bill Clinton uh, running against, uh, who was he running against? Uh, the first Bush. Uh, and when you look at just the, the optics between the young Clinton and the first Bush, it was apples and oranges. Then you got the young Barack Obama. Uh, now you got uh, you know, the guy from Canada, Trudeau, Gavin Newsom. The devil has these good-looking men and women, and people just intuitively say, well, he must be telling me the truth because he's, he's handsome. I've had Catholics tell me that. 
A Catholic told me after Mass, I said, who, who are you voting for? This was uh, when Clinton was running against Bush. And she said, oh, I'm voting for Clinton. I said, didn't you just hear the priest speak right now about the pro-life issue? She goes, oh, Jess, but he's handsome. I said, what? He goes, that's why I'm voting for him, because he's handsome. Dan, it was that shallow. And again, I think the, the reason that that's the devil's picking all these, uh, uh, you know, young billboard type politicians, because uh, they're able to just... Just the, the optics are very easy for people to say, hey, he's good looking. I'll check the box. I'll vote for him. Yeah, no, it's yeah. we need as Catholics, we need to form our consciences and vote according to our conscience. I mean, that's that's the teachings of the church. But you have to well form your conscience. And part of that is is understanding um, the non-negotiables of the Roman Catholic faith. So, yeah, some people vote. But then again, let's look. Let's you know, God uses handsome guys as well, such as Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Terry Barber, <laughs> great looking guy, Matthew Arnold, man crush, right? I mean, so there's a lot of good looking people walking down the hallways of Virgin Most Powerful, you know, Richard O'Bannon, that guy, you know what I'm talking about? So God, you, let's face it, God uses good looking guys to, to evangelize as well. Hey, uh, we're going to start, we're going to go next to a couple of spiritual warfare questions that people have been asking. So, uh, we'll, uh, take a look at some of these questions and give you a good Catholic thoughtful response. War College Jess Romero, Dan Schneider will be right back to answer your questions. War College, just remember Dan Schneider. Got a couple of questions. Here's one. Let me take a shot at this first, Dan, then you can just clean it up. Somebody uh, sent an email. I understand the concept of demonic retaliation when we operate outside of the divine authority structure. (coughs) The demons may, if God allows it, retaliate. Here are the questions. What does retaliation look like what form does it take? So let me respond to that real quick. If you want to see retaliation, go to Acts chapter 19. There's, uh, you see the story of the seven sons of Siva that are trying to perform an exorcism and they get attacked by demons. Uh, demonic attacks or retaliation could be obsession, which are mental attacks, or oppression, which are physical attacks. It could be against you, your marriage, or your kids, or all three. The question continues, how do we free ourselves of the retaliation? Okay, I would say, cease the action that causes a retaliation. Return to living in a state of grace with a good sacramental confession. That would be the way to do it. Then he asks, operating outside one's authority structure is disordered and dangerous and simply stupid, but is it sinful? Now, here's what I would say, based on the catechism, a mortal sin and a venial sin, the difference is, in a mortal sin, you have to have full knowledge. I have participated in uh, in disordered uh, prayer sessions uh, with, uh, you know, kind of uh, under the unbound model with lay people. I didn't know it was wrong. And so I operated out of ignorance years ago, many years ago. Now, now that I know it's completely wrong, well... I, 
you would just do an act of contrition. Okay? It's a venial sin. I didn't know what was wrong <laughs> until you start reading Father Ripperger's books and start hanging out with Kyle Clement and Dan Schneider. He said, whoa, whoa. Do a good act of contrition because I'll tell you, it says here, should I confess it? If you go and confess this sin, most priests are not going to understand what you're saying unless it's Father Ripperger or Father Clifford Madinger or very few people. You're going to say, I'd like to confess, Father, that I broke the authority structure. They're going to say, what are you talking about? Well, first of all, I don't even think it's a mortal sin because if you don't have full knowledge that you're op- that you're doing something that's, again, disordered, it's not a mortal sin. It's a venial sin. It's in the catechism. Uh, lastly, the person says, and then I'll turn it over to Dan. I don't think I left the authority structure. I'm a single man. I do not lay hands on anybody. And I only say imprecatory prayers on myself. Good, good, good. And my physical apartment, good. Uh, can demons retaliate for other reasons other than leaving the authority structure? Your thoughts, please. Here's the last thing I'll say, then I'll turn it over to Dan. Demons are always doing a full court press. Think about basketball. They're always on the attack. That's why we always have to resist them. First Peter 5, 9 says, resist the devil and he will flee. It says the same thing in James chapter, uh, I think, 3, verse 4. You've got to actively resist the devil because they're always attacking. So don't think just because you're in a state of grace, you've been a confession, you're going to daily mass, you're doing a rosary, that you're not going to be vexed, annoyed, tormented, harassed. They're always projecting ordinary temptations. We will be tempted with ordinary temptation until 15 minutes after you're dead. Dan, go ahead, clean it up. Yeah, yeah. When I was... Uh... A good Yankee Midwestern boy down in the South on the, in the army. And uh, I'd get in the chow line and uh, I, I'd always say this just to mess with these guys from the South, you know, and I'd say you got, you get a cup, get to this point where you got this white glob and I'd say, I don't want any cream of wheat. And they'd say, it ain't cream of wheat. It's grits. And I say, well, I certainly don't want any grits. And they would dump <laughs> an extra heaping onto my plate. And they said, it just comes with it. And so grits, it's like a Southern breakfast. Temptation is like a Southern breakfast in grits. It just comes with it. So it comes with the human condition. So God tells us, I mean, St. Bonner tells us why, gives us four specific reasons. Father Ripperker gives 16 reasons in his book. But Father, I mean, St. Bonaventure, doctor of the church says, generally speaking, God gives us, uh, uh, God allows the demon to, work, to, to, to afflict us for four reasons. Number one, to glorify God. Um, the more we suffer, the more we overcome evil, the more we overcome temptation, the more God receives glory. Number one, we always focus too much on the devil. As Kyle very aptly says that the devil is tertiary in Catholic liberation. He's number three in line. Number one in line is Jesus Christ. All praise and glory to him. Amen. And so number two is removing the obstacles that keep us from living more fully our baptismal dignity. And only number three is what the enemy is doing. So God allows temptation. God allows affliction. God even allows possession, uh, uh, you know, in extreme cases, which is very rare, by the way, um, to bring glory, to glorify himself, right? Um, and number two is to punish sin. God God allows the demon to punish our sin. So when, when somebody is, is, is uh, uh, um, you know, not uh, just unapologetically in a state of mortal sin, God will allow the demon to afflict that person to punish the sin. Justice out of justice. Number three, to chastise the sinner. God, God, God allows us unless it's received chastisement so that we learn truth. Right. 
um, the way. So we, we learn the way of holiness. We learn uh, how better to live the Christian life here, how to get rid of the clean from the unclean in our lives. God allows it. You know, it's kind of like remember, we were kids. You play the game Operation and you would take those little metal. They, they, I'm sure this game is completely outlawed today for today's snowflake millennials. They would never be able to play this game because it would hurt them. Remember, remember uh, uh, Operation? You got a little yeah. pair of metal tweezers. Oh, that's and great. you had to pull. Pulled out the heart, pulled out the leg bone, and if you got too close, you got zapped. And this wasn't a light little, you know, hey, this this kind of tickled. It hurt for like an eight-year-old kid. It was a zap. But but God allows the little zaps in our lives to chastise us, to warn us. And finally, he says, St. Bonaventure, to educate us, right? So to educate us. So every time we, we, we are tempted, even when we're even when we undergo even the higher levels of extraordinary affliction, oppression, etc., God is educating us. And every time we defeat the enemy, he is less active in our family. He's less active in the world. And God is glorified. Right. So, so there's no waste in the divine economy. So that being said, the demon only works in the objective. So you can you can say, I didn't know, you know, when 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 you you know you you know you were out there on in the law in the law enforcement and you pull a guy over because he's obviously changing lanes, going the wrong way down a one way, uh going over the speed limit, and he says to you, uh, officer, I didn't know that this was a one way. I didn't know the speed limit was only 25. I didn't know it was a school zone. I you know, I I, I just didn't know. What do you tell him? Well, That's, ignorance, I appreciate it, it, what do you tell? I appreciate your input. Yeah. You know, ignorance is no excuse. Uh, no excuse. Here's the judge. The, take this to the judge. The, the demon works in the objective. He does not. He is not concerned with our subjective in, interior right. and the nuanced developed understanding of Catholic moral theology. You're you know, correct that 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 there's 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 principles for culpability. But nonetheless, confession helps break any time. Any time we step out of our lane, confess. Maybe maybe it's not a sin um to 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 inadvertently usurp authority but but we all have we, we could all there's not a single catholic i know that couldn't confess rebellion that there's yeah. there there's some rebellion in me part of me resist against and push back against the authority and sovereignty of god in my life etc so um and and, and ultimately that's father river says sometimes god allows going back to this gentleman's question sometimes god allows it yeah normally the the retaliation is going to come against your authority structure when you step outside of authority. So that's whatever you, whatever's under your your authority structure that you're given to protect. The demon will take a beating to draw you out of protection of authority by getting you in out of your own authority structure. So if you exceed authority structure, the demon will let, will let you beat him so that he now has an inroad back into you. But nonetheless, St. Father Ripperger even says that sometimes God allows the demon to tempt and to afflict us to show us that we're on the right path. So sometimes it's that resistance. You know, Woody, Coach Woody Hayes, the originator of Smash Mouth Football, right? It says paralyzed resistance with persistence. So God wants us to break through the resistance and developing persistence and longevity and, and, and long suffering and the ability to endure. You know, any soldier can soldier up for the 30 minutes in the battlefield, but if you've got to walk for days and days on end and, and, and you've got to combat comes, you know, uh, uh, at the end, sometimes at the end of the day, or sometimes it comes at the beginning of the day, we would say a, a really bad day off to a really bad start, but the enemy's going to be there to tempt us, but we have to be persistent and persistent through the resistance, regardless of its source and regardless of why he's there. 
And again, Dan, a lot of, uh, I forget which, which saints have said, yeah, the devil's going to tempt us till 15 minutes till after you're dead, <laughs> which is yeah. basically just, yeah, just a way of saying it's going to happen for the rest of your life. Here's another question, and uh, this is a very brief answer. Regarding the pay- prayer on page 28 of Father Ripperger's book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady, the title of this prayer is called Severing Ties, Bonds, and Attachments. And the question is, it's obviously it's a wife asking, can I pray this prayer over my husband and children? Kyle just answered this question about a month ago when we had him on. He said, yeah. He says, it's an imprecatory prayer, first of all. So this is a patriarchal prayer. However, Kyle said that a wife can also do this over her husband's corpus, over his body, because again, she has rights based on 1 Corinthians chapter 7 over her husband's body. Also, she can pray it over her children, uh, and it's very effective when the children are living under her roof, under her care. Now, I'm going to ask Dan, what if the children move out, Dan? Now, let's say they've reached the age of majority, they've got their own families, they've got their own marriages. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would think that the only person that can do this prayer, this severing, tying, and bonding, and attachment prayer, would probably be the spouse of, uh, of, of that person because they're no longer under mom and dad's care. Uh, how would you answer that? Yeah, once once a child moves into their own vocation, they have their own they have their own authority structure that they're under. Your your authority now shifts from from a, a, the right to command to the right uh, the, the the right the right to counsel. So once they're once they're the, 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 the 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 adult sons reach the the over over eighteen, they move out of the home. Then the counsel is your is the primary right now. You still could do these prayers yeah. when they're not in vocation, but the barometer is you could be retaliated against. With the daughters, it's different. I had someone recently say, my daughter, um, my I had a deacon tell me that I don't have any authority after my daughter loses her virgin. It's not true. Once your daughter once your daughter's in vocation, that's when your the authority structure shifts. So. Um, so, but but going back, um, oftentimes a wife wants to pray these prayers to try to jumpstart her husband. Like, if the husband's not in a state of grace, the husband doesn't care, and you're praying by over Dan, your husband. Hard break, Dan. Um, hard break. That, Hold that, that thought. That would set you up for retaliation. Hard bet. We'll be right back. War calling. Wednesday War College, Dr. Dan Schneider, Jesse Romero, talking about spiritual warfare. Here's two other questions. Uh, I think we could get these these two in. Uh, these are short ones. One is, I was asked by a friend to be a prayer intercessor for an unbound session. Our priest will be leading the session, and I will be praying silently during it. I am hesitant about participating. If I participate as a prayer intercessor... Am I stepping outside of my lane? Let me answer that first, and I'll toss it over to Dan so he can clean it up. Uh, Father Ripperger says that that the unbound is something that it's safe for all priests because these are priestly actions that unbound prescribes. Hearing a confession, raising your right hand over, praying over somebody, blessing somebody. These are priestly actions, and so I've actually heard Father Ripperger say that unbound... Uh, would be something safe for every diocesan priest in the country to use. Uh, every parish priest, every pastor, 
because again, it has there's priestly actions. Now, personally, in answer to the question, I would not participate in an unbound session in my parish unless the priest asked me, then I would follow Father Ripperger's criteria. What's his criteria? Uh, when somebody's part of a team, you, you're, you're part of a team along with your spouse. Generally, Father Ripper wants people to be over 55, a couple, and empty nesters. So that would be the criteria that I would share with this email. Uh, and unless the priest is asking me, then I would not participate. But again, I would check off that criteria. Are you an empty nester? Uh, you know, are you sufficiently mature to see some of these things that you're going to see? And are you doing this within the confines of the sacrament of mat matrimony? Dan, go ahead, take it away, clean it up. Yeah, um, uh, I would just, I'm going to quote Kyle Clement, who I hear, I've heard him say this a um, hundred times. Ask your husband, number one, right? <laughs> it, you know, uh, occasionally I, I might have something for Anita, and I need to talk to her. But if you walk into the living room and you're like, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm just talking with Dan. That would be a little odd, wouldn't it? You know, so uh, the priest going directly to the woman and not going to the to the husband, I think, is, is a dis that 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 could introduce a disorder. And yeah, I think everything else you say is, is correct. I think I think um, that that uh, working working with a priest is absolutely necessary. But just bear in mind, again, I come from a bit of a skewed background because I come from not just spiritual. I've seen good men taken out in spiritual combat and I've seen good men, pilots far more superior to, to my skills uh, getting taken out uh, and, and physical combat. So and, you know, if you've ever ever worked, I mean, even a flight crew, um, you, you can you can uh, they would tell us, for example, um, uh, never get into an aircraft with someone who's not a little afraid. And so because that's the last guy you're ever going to talk to. It's the last guy you're going to see. <laughs> you know, he's going to kill you. You know what I mean? So you can do everything right in combat and somebody on your team could do something wrong and you could get taken out for it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're in there. You're, you're, you're breaching a structure, and, and, you know, house to house. And, and somebody on your team does something stupid. Um, it could cost you your life or cost other team members. This is why in the SF and the Rangers, they're so uh, specific about who, who they let in because your mistakes could cost somebody else. Just bear that in mind when you're getting involved in spiritual combat. First and foremost, it's, it's you and your spouse. You guys have got to be united 100 percent. And then you've got to make sure who's going to be there. This is asking you what's the nature of this case, uh, what role are you supposed to be in, uh, and who are the other people on the team. And if, there's, and if there's any breach, if there's any point of breaching the team, the demon will find the weak spot on your team. I've had team members uh, and some of our first team that we formed uh, years later, multiple people on there that were that were very charismatic in their spirituality that became cases because they didn't they had they had they, they had areas of their life that need to get cleaned up. So just be aware of that as well. Talk to your husband and uh, pray about it, discern it. You can do a lot of spiritual warfare prayer sitting before the Blessed Sacrament and, um, and offering offering prayers right there uh, as well. Here's another question, Dan. This is, this is a short one too. Uh, the question is, uh, I've heard that when someone prays if they're in mortal sin, their prayers are not efficacious except to get them to confession. Except for parents praying for their children, is this always the case, even if someone doesn't realize that they are in mortal sin? 
Let me just sh- uh, try go first, and then uh, you can clean it up after. When you're in mortal sin, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says in paragraph 1861, it says you're devoid of sanctifying grace in your soul. And the Catechism says, which excludes you from God. And it's in paragraph 1035, it says that when you're in mortal sin, if you die in mortal sin, you go to hell, paragraph 1035. So, if you're in mortal sin, let's just say, hypothetically, you're masturbating every day and watching pornography, and, uh, oh yeah, but you're praying for, I don't know, that you get a better job. You're praying for, uh, I don't know, that your kid you know, gets accepted to this college or that college. Your prayers are not going to be heard until you restore your relationship with God. How do you do that? You, Mark 1.15, repent and believe in the gospel. Turn your back to the world and, and face God at orientum. That's what, it call, that's what it means to repent and believe in the gospel. You have to restore yourself in a state of grace, in a state of sanctifying grace, so that God hears your prayers once again. And you do that once again. If, if, if you're praying and you're steeped in a life of mortal sin, uh, your prayers are not going to be heard again because your soul is devoid of sanctifying grace. Dan, take it away. Yeah, no, particularly if you're going to enter into spiritual combat. Remember, uh, Father Ripperger's three rules, what I call the three the three elements of combustible prayer, right? Just as a fire triangle has three 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 sides to it. All the all the firefighters out there understand this. What makes for combustion? You got to have three things. Well, the same combustion. Number the last couple of questions talk about the authority structure. Number two, this. What is the state of grace? What is the merit of the petitioner? And if you're not in a state of grace, the the demon won't yield, doesn't have to yield, even if you have the requisite authority. So, um, and finally, specificity. What what is the person asking? The demon's going to yield or yield based on those three those three questions. And so, um, if, so the, so if you're praying for somebody, you're not in a state of grace, then then you're 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 going to be retaliated against, in my experience. Um, but remember what Father Amor says too. Sometimes we want to pray this specific prayer against the devil. But here's what Father Amor says. Father, you know, he, he really revolutionized uh, exorcism and brought it back as a as a specific genre, if you will, in the church. He says um, confession is more powerful than exorcism. Satan is more enraged when we take from him through confession than we take away bodies through exorcism. He said, this is the most direct means of fighting Satan. He says it tears souls from the demon's grasp, strengthens against sin, unites us more closely to God, and helps us conform our souls increasingly to the divine will. And he recommends that Catholics uh, make frequent, even weekly confession. So our prayer should be focusing on projecting and begging God, projecting you know, uh, uh, blessings, projecting a May, the, may they have a holy desire to be reconciled, creating their heart and unrest until they find rest in you and reconciliation, sacramental reconciliation. You know, you, you see what I mean? Rather than saying, oh, let's try to find this. We need to be spe- specific in our prayers. And sometimes you have to have this particular spiritual warfare prayer and you've got to lay the groundwork and put out your perimeter every single morning uh, and be aware. Keep your head on a swivel in a spiritual combat. But at the same time. When you're praying for others, if you're not in a state of grace, get in a state of grace, first of all, because that, that merit, your merit and your, your depth of your holiness to, to the extent that you lack attachments 
uh, emotional, psychological, and otherwise, will, will, that will affect your prayer and the efficaciousness of your prayer. But the most important thing is get into a state of grace. Pray that they receive the grace of final perseverance, for example. If you're praying for a loved one who's not in a state of grace and they're dying, your, your, your prayer is that the demon will not rob him or her of the opportunity to receive the final sacraments and a happy death, right? A happy death. This is why we have St. Joseph, the patron of a happy death. So, so, so yes, going back to the original question, merit is absolutely critical in the depth of holiness and lack of, lack of attachment to the person, the object, etc. is very critical. Dan, this is backed up by Scripture in many places. John 9, 31, the Bible says, We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will... God listens to him. So the context says, God does not listen to unrepentant sinners. Psalm 66, verse 17 and 18. I cried aloud to the Lord, and and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. Isaiah 115. When you spread out your hands... I will close my eyes to you. Though you pray, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Put away your sins from before my eyes. Stop or cease doing evil. Yeah, the scriptures are replete with this, Dan. Uh, Good stuff. Hey, we got more questions, but we don't have any time. Dan, any last thoughts you want to give the audience uh, before we wrap it up? Well, like you say, get get holy or die trying. The most important thing is keep moving forward. St. Uh, Francis de Sales says a promise that God has given us, not since kindergarten. And he says, in the spiritual life, you're victorious so long as you're fighting. So the key thing is just to keep moving forward. Always stay, always stay on um, um, moving forward. Go deeper in prayer. Uh, prayer is conversation with God. Work on mental prayer. This is where the battle is won interiorly. As a soldier, you must be have the discipline of daily prayer. Keep working on that in prayer and sacrament. We grow in holiness. We grow in merit, uh, and then we 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 grow in our to do with us and us uh, to wield the beauty uh, and dignity of being a Christian. Amen. Uh, you've been listening to War Call to Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. By the way, the only thing that the only vax that we're going to push on this show is called the blood of Jesus. That's the only vax that we're pushing. And the only virus we're going to talk about is the virus of sin. Hey, family, don't forget St. Padre Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. You've been listening to War College with Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Up next, Gary Machuda, the big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. Hands-on apologetics. And remember... Have no fear. We serve the Virgin Most Powerful, a 12-star general. Pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Become holy or die trying. EOW, end of watch. We're out. Yeah, that's up on where